The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning and welcome to the Source of Truth podcast. Happy Wednesday. As we look at the Word of God again together, I uh, realized as I was overlooking, looking over yesterday's video uh, that I said Wednesday edition yesterday, and that's just kind of the way the day went. You ever have those days where you're convinced the entire day it's not that? My schedule's been a little different this week in preparation for something later in the week, and so uh, definitely I felt like most of the day it was Wednesday yesterday. Well, welcome to Wednesday, and welcome to our Wednesday edition, and we're glad you're with us. There's one dis- downside to doing things live. You pretty much don't stop and start over, so uh, we do appreciate uh, you still being with us today and allowing, hopefully helping me to be an encouragement to you. Psalm 141 today. Psalm 141, and we're going to look at another prayer of David, another prayer of David, uh, that I, I believe is an encouragement, but this one's unique in the aspect of what he's looking for. And again, one of the many things that I like about studying the psalm and looking at David is the idea of a man after God's own heart. You see a level of honesty, something that probably each and every one of us would acknowledge is a thought that's hit their mind now and then. We would acknowledge, hey, it's a great prayer. We'd also look at the fact and say, I don't think we'd ever want to admit was a problem of ours. And David's just honest with God, and I absolutely appreciate that. We'll see that in this passage. So Psalm 141, you follow along as I read. Uh, one, uh, it says in verse 1, O Lord, I cry unto thee, make haste unto me, give ear unto my voice when I cry unto thee. Let my prayers be set forth before thee as incense, and the lifting up of mine hands as the evening sacrifice. Set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth, keep the door of my lips. Incline not my heart to any evil thing, to practice wicked works with men that work iniquity, and let me not eat of their dainties. Let the righteous smite me, it shall be a kindness, and let him reprove me, it shall be an excellent oil, which shall not break my head, for yet my prayer also shall be in their calamities. Now you see a couple things in this passage that don't make a lot of sense in verse 5, where he's encouraging the righteous to smite them and smite him. And so you look back and say, what exactly is he talking about? Why would I want good to hurt? Why would the good be trying to hurt me or smite me or whatever term you want to use? So we're going to go back and look. Again, he's at prayer and he's got a prayer. When you come in this kind of prayer, literally David's evaluating a circumstance and he's coming to God with a circumstance that's deep inside a battle that he's finding himself. He's not just coming into prayer because it's the time to do it. He's not just coming into prayer because, hey, religious tradition dictates I must pray. He's coming to God with the need. And when you come to God with an need, you have a tendency just to be more honest. You have a tendency to be much more transparent. So what we're going to look at is the need of what he starts with. So he obviously starts with the intensity of his prayer in verse 1. Cry, Lord, I cry unto thee, make haste unto me. Give ear unto my voice when I cry unto thee. So he says, Lord, give, make haste, give ear. He's literally saying, Lord, as I cry, please listen. Now, we know that God hears everything, and we know that God is, he doesn't have to set aside other distractions to hear our prayer. He doesn't view any of this or deal with any of this from the, the finite human mindset. So simply put, when, when there's other things going on, and let's say you're in a room and there's two conversations, both of which demand your attention, whether it's uh, two children, two grandchildren, your spouse and someone else, whatever it is, there's just impossible to be able to listen to both conversations. It's not possible. If you're watching TV and trying to listen to a friend, 
you're not going to be able to do it if you're listening to both. So what needs to happen is you got to set aside one, stop them, pause them, whatever, and listen. God does not have to do that because God is He's infinite. He's omnipresent, omnipotent, omniscient. And so he hears everything. And so when we all pray at the same time, it's not that he, it's simply not that he hears all the prayers. He literally is everywhere at all times so he can stop and just listen to mine while he's doing the same thing to everyone else's. It's the amazement of the sovereign God. So when we look at this, when he comes, when, when David says, please, how do he put it? Give ear unto my voice. He's not asking God to do something that he doesn't believe God's going to do. He is just showing the intensity. He's using human understanding. Human understanding is I hope that the person I'm listening to does more than just stop talking while I'm listening. A lot of times you've been in conversations with others. You, you've probably done this. Someone is talking, what are you doing? You're listening, eva um, form uh, formulating what you're gonna say next. You're not really listening. You, you, you know enough going on so you can be part of the conversation. And in most conversations, that's honestly not that big of a deal. But when you have somebody who's truly hurting, listening is the key. Not trying to say, well, let me, how do I fill in the conversation? Listening is the key. So let me encourage you in this aspect that this, this, that's what we're looking for. And while God doesn't need to be demanded, when you meet, some, when you meet somebody that honestly listens, you understand it's powerful. That's who God is. He honestly listens and David's playing for that because of his need. Verse 2, let my prayers be set forth before thee as incense and the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. Really what he's saying is, Lord, please be pleased. Incense was a, was a smell that was supposed to be attractive, my hands of worship. Simply, please be pleased with my worship. Father, I, I plead in my battles, I plead in, in the struggle going on in my mind and my heart right now. And in that, I plead with you that my prayer would be honoring to you. I plead that my worship would be pleasing to you because I really want you to help me in what I'm about to talk about. So he starts with this immediate plea. Verse 3, he says, this is his plea, set a watch, O Lord, before my lips. Keep the door of my lips. Not my, excuse me. Said a mouth before my mouth, keep the door of my lips. So here's what he's saying. Lord, I need you to help me not say something. I need you to help me at this point to refrain from speaking what I would say. Now, he's not, he's not looking to be sarcastic or rude or anything. It's actually a little different, but it's an interesting principle. Lord, I need your help to just be quiet. And I think all of us understand that is a grace of God to keep silence when there's so many things you want to say. But he continues in verse 4 what it is. Verse 4, incline not my heart to any evil thing to practice wicked works with men that work iniquity and let me not eat of their dainties. Lord, I'm battling because part of me still wants to do wrong. And so I'm asking you to help me not to incline. When the idea is incline not my heart, help me not to incline to the things that I want to do. So in this situation, he says, I really want to retaliate wrongly against my enemy or I, I'm just done with the battle of doing right. And so frankly, doing wrong seems easier. And I'm telling you, Satan will convince you of that. Your own mind convinces you of that. The constant barragement of doing right, of when you do follow God, you may lose some things. And that constant barrage of all of these things comes and it can be overwhelming. And so what do you do? You say, you know what? I'm just done. You feel like all the negative has only come because of doing good. By the way, we forget the struggles we had before, but it's easy to forget that, right? Because it's obviously wrong. And so we say, I'm, I'm going to be done with this and I'm going to move over. And either way it is, there's just this inclination in his mind to go the wrong way, to go down the wrong path. He says, Lord, I need your grace because this is 
is what I'm battling. And I think all of us at some point would say that, Lord, the temptation is too strong. I'm battling not doing this, and it's really strong right now. Lord, I'm angry, I'm hurt, and part of me just wants to give up and go or wants to retaliate in anger towards something. Whatever the reason is, this part of us, Paul says that we all believe it, part of us, that flesh that drives to do wrong, and he's begging God for grace to give him strength. Then he says, again, we read in verse 5, interesting, let the righteous smite me. What? It shall be a kindness. Let him reprove me. Why? What he's simply saying is, if I go wrong, let those who are right and righteous correct me. It'll, it would be pleasant for me. It would be better for me for the righteous to confront me and to point out my wrong than it is to go down that wrong path. And David recognizes my temptations down here, but the end of it's horrible. So Lord, bring people into my life that will stop me from doing this. I cannot handle the temptation on my own. And so Father, I'm begging you, bring people into my life to help me with it. It's simply what he's saying. He goes on, even if a judge were to help. Then he goes down, in verse 6 he says, even a judge would be help to help me in this area. Verse 8, he gives a couple final thoughts. Mine eyes are unto thee, O God, the Lord, and thee is my trust. Leave not my soul destitute. Keep me from the snares which they have laid for me in the, in the gins of the workers of iniquity. Let the wicked fall in their own nets, whilst that I with all escape. Well, there is these traps, and I feel like I'm going to fall into them, and all of these things. Lord, help me still to be right before you. You know, each and every one of us at some point can come to a time, whether it's just in our mind or whether it's really a battle we have, where part of us wants to respond in a way that we know is wrong. It could be struggle with a temptation. It could be a reaction to a circumstance. It could be a person. It could be a lot of different things. And frankly, if I try to name them all, I'll miss the one that is in your mind right now or in my mind. But beyond this, I think what we need to look at is we need to evaluate that in those times, you know, last thing, usually what we do is when I'm struggling, I don't want to go tell the person I'm struggling with. I, you know, kids, I'm not going to tell my parents. I'm not going to tell my wife. I, I'm going to keep this alone. To, to go to the person that I'd be sinning against, really? And that's honestly what we need to do. Again, if you look at God as a God who's only waiting to reward me when I'm good and punish me when I'm wrong, we do not understand God. God is not just there to reward me when I'm good and punish me if I'm wrong. He's not just a vending machine. Right? He, God is there to help me in all the times. And so when I'm doing good, help me, Lord, to continue. When I'm doing bad, give me grace, help me. He is there to walk beside me and to give, to give me battle, not to become arrogant and good and, and discouraged and bad. He's there to help me in every stage of it. He's there to confront me when I am wrong and help me to recognize my need to repent of my sin and turn to him and to get saved and then to confess my sin and be right with him. He's there to keep me on that straight and narrow, but when I fail to help me get back, and he, he's not there to, to strike me when I'm wrong. He's there to help me, give, give me grace to continue down the path when I am wrong. And that is the loving grace of God. The proper view of God will always draw you back to him and give you grace to live in light of his love, and His holiness at the same time. Thanks again for joining us on this Wednesday morning. We do invite you to join us tonight. Uh, we do have our service tonight, Wednesday night, seven o'clock is the bi adult Bible study in the auditorium. Uh, uh, we have teens, they start in the gymnasium, kids club. We have all three of these in nursery. Uh, so if you come a little less, uh, a little more casual on a Wednesday night, so we even invite you to join us. If for some reason you can't make it, uh, they will be our, the Bible study, the adult Bible study portion will be live streamed on our website and YouTube and Facebook, and we invite you to join us there. Thanks again for joining us today. We hope you have a great rest of your day.